When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Should we start? I think we should. should, Yeah, let's. Hello. Yeah, oh, hello. We start so well, don't we? It's always just absolutely on the button. People go, yeah, I'm going. No. Um, hello. We welcome to... what this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to mention what it oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Say hello. the name of it so people will know where they hello. are. <laughs> hello. Oh, I've, I've had hello. too many coffees. I'm too excited. Hello. Welcome to Rugby Jubbly with uh, me, Hal Cruttenden. And me, Skin, Skinny, Dan Skinny Skinner. Can I just first of all say, Dan, because I know we mentioned this beforehand, mm-hmm. but with all the internationals going on, you'd forgotten that the Premiership <laughs> had started again. Not, not, not only had I, I it's not like I'd forgotten the Premiership had started. I didn't even know it had started. I didn't know when it was due to start. So, I mean, it was just not even, not even in my sphere of thinking. No, it's it's not interesting because Sarries aren't there. So it's basically it's a it's <laughs> going to be a rubbish season <laughs> in the Premiership anyway. When does um, Sarries start? When does the Championship start then? Well, that's the thing. It's still all up in the air. But I've heard that's terrible. that there's going to be some deal in place. They're going to do something by January, and then there's a thing of if it doesn't ever happen. Though they, they do mm-hmm. believe it will happen at some point, but if it doesn't ever happen, Saracens will go up anyway because of their investment in the Premiership. I don't really understand the money side of things. Very quickly, I want to cover the Premiership just to say um, uh, that Richard Wigglesworth left Sarries, great servant of the club. We, uh, he was a good player when he arrived. At, yeah, he left and he went to Leicester, played for Leicester, and they beat Gloucester 38-15. He was instrumental in it. He's this. one of the great, great players. <laughs> this is so hard doing this online because I can see you eating biscuits and I really sorry, want one. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, feel so, I haven't eaten any breakfast. I'm really, really hungry. I ate with oh, my night with the baby last night. Oh my God! Okay, you're you're very impressive. You're doing very well. Right? Can I quickly go? Can I quickly go through the international games that we've? Did you did you catch any of Australia Argentina? I watched the whole of Australia Argentina. But amazing comeback from Argentina. They were fifteen six down and came back to fifteen all. Um, They were. They show real gumption. This is a real good vintage uh, Argentina. But I think that's the thing about Argentina. It's like. They're consistent for periods of time. So they'll have like three or four years of consistency and then they'll drop off. No, but the same thing with France. They were rubbish in the 40s and 50s, oh, you know, yeah. till the sort of 1940s yeah. or 1950s. Suddenly got good and then they became this established nation. And I think yeah. this is my prediction that we won't know for about another 10 years, but I think this is the establishment of Argentina as a top as a top rugby nation and that we will always respect them from now on. Which, which brings me on to our second game, England-Ireland. This game all really 
matters to me, Ireland, uh, England, Ireland, probably because I'm mm. married to a Northern Irish woman no. uh, and my kids and her all have Irish passports and we've got a cottage in Donegal. We spend a lot of time there. Right. There are a lot of people in Ireland. And so I really, really want to smash them when it comes to rugby. Because it's personal. Fair enough. Uh, I and I, I used to really Ireland used to be like a second team to me, but since I married an Irish woman, I think it's got it's got. I've I want to beat them more and more. Um, what do you I mean, this think is, about this? Does she care? She cares when Ireland win. When Ireland no, last beat they. England she, in twenty eighteen. She's not part of this rivalry with you. It's just it's one sided. Yeah, it's you, she's you very fair weather and- though. Oh, okay. So you're saying I, we're going to win and get really worked up about it, and she's just like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever, you know. Yeah, so she really enjoys yeah, them right. winning. I remember the last time Ireland, when Ireland beat England at Twickenham in 2018, and it was expected that Ireland could well do it. She to get away from me because I was being all tense. <laughs> she went to the pub, met friends, took the dog with her in an Ireland shirt, wore her Ireland shirt and really enjoyed herself. So she's someone that only really turns out when she knows she's going to win. Um, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. Yeah, but but I have that thing. That I, I don't, if you found this, I don't know what your experience is of other fans, but I think this is a contentious point from me. Irish fans got nastier when they from that very very big period when they got very good in 2018, and it made me care more. There was there was so much arrogance before the. Do you remember the beginning of the Six Nations in 2019, and Ireland expected to win, and they went on yeah. shows where people like Eddie Eddie um, is it Eddie O'Sullivan, isn't it? The the ex uh, the coach said. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put one England player in this Irish team. Brian O'Driscoll said he'd maybe put two in. People were going, Ireland, come on. They just beat New Zealand. They became an unbearably arrogant team and the people around them. Confident. And then England confident. beat them. Someone might say confident. They were confident. They no, were but, confident. but there's a, there's a very to, fine line. There's a very fine line. The thing line. is, any... Any success makes fans unpleasant. England fans are unpleasant because we've been in World Cup finals and won World Cups. Welsh fans from the seventies, quite unple- since that time, since Wales have been sixties and seventies, and then that you know, and then they've well, so yeah. this is me just speaking my own sort of lifetime. They've become quite unbearable. Scottish fans are probably the only fans <laughs> and Italian fans that aren't quite unbearable because they haven't got been, gone through that. Ex- they've never had that experience yeah. of really being good for a decent period of time. I know Scotland. Hmm. What Grand Slam what like nineteen ninety? Saracens fans, oh how! Saracens fans, I promise you, because of their success, <laughs> despite their success, are I think amongst the nicest fans in the Premiership, and that's not <laughs> really. I, honestly. How much the time experience, have you played with others? I've I've met one Saracens fan that I've seen behave oh, badly at a game, and that was ma- well, that was slightly me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was slightly gay as well. That was when we were just being booted. We were just getting this horrific treatment from Quinns fans. So I actually mm. think I think most people said, and I'll I'll be open with you about Premiership things. Like you know, I think Saracens fans are slightly sheepish because you know they've been they've been cheating for some. They've been cheating for like quite a few years. No, so they sorry, probably knew do, they no. probably knew that they had to be a little bit humble because they go, yeah, all right, we're having all this success, but it's kind of being paid for. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think anybody thought. Right. I don't think anyone thought that at all. <laughs> See that that so we're getting completely sidetracked from the England Island thing. I know, but I know we are. Sorry. I don't think there's any fans who seriously thought that. I think they are uh I think mm. people were all pretty shocked because they thought, oh, I think it's something that everybody does. And and everybody even knew what Saracens were doing, but Saracens thought it was legal. Yeah, to be well doing it's kind of an, op- an open open secret, isn't yeah. it? I mean 
Anyway, let's not that's, go down that's that why it annoys me with the cheating tag, word. and we'll we'll get into a row about it because yeah. if you're cheating doing something that you think legal, legal, and obviously it is loopholes yeah. that they found. No, it's well, it's, it's they're now they've now made it completely clear. But Saracens have been absolutely used as a whipping boy to uh, yes. to make the to to make this point, and okay. we will come back so angry in 2021-22 with players like Ben Earl and Max Bailey's and Jack Singleton coming ben back Earl. and being on loan. Anyway, it's my little speech about Saris that I promise you the Premiership's going to be... I, I think we'll come back with such fury in 2021. Could we just mention that Johnny May is fantastic and oh, yeah. isn't he an example of the fact that you have to keep faith in a player? Because when he first started playing, he was like that I kid when you were playing that. who used to take off across the field or go backwards and all shout, the line's <laughs> this way, the line's this way. <laughs> he was, he was a liability. He was. It was in 2012 that he scored his first wonder try against New Zealand. But he used to. But that's what Anthony Watson does. 2014, actually. Sorry. That was it. 2014. Yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah, but he looks great now. He looks like. Um, he looks like a World War One officer, doesn't he? With that, with that tash, or 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 one of the first people to ever um, ride the Tour de France. He looks like one of those sort. Of, yes. A, a French mime artist. He's got a brilliant look. Actually, you know this game. Talking about people, talk about the way people look. This game was billed as the battle of Maro Otoje and James Ryan. Don't well, you think? And and actually, Otoje completely took Ryan apart. Both of them, to me, are weird anomalies. That they're really big, tough men with the faces of small children. <laughs> they do have that. James Ryan looks like a little young scamp, and Maro Otoje. I've always thought Maro Otoje. I, I don't want to say this because I do love him, but it's a little bit like it's 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 like a little girl. He's got a really soft, beautiful I, face. I, I don't know. I was having a look at him the other day when he took his uh, when he took his hat off. And um, yeah. I thought, you, no, I think he looked, he, he did, he looked like a sort of, uh, he looked like a very cool um, pop star. Um, but now he I looks, suppose, he, now he looks like a warrior. But he's very unmarked by the game, isn't he? Maybe because he's got his hat. Mm. But he doesn't seem to have many scars or anything. He does not got a face that's been squashed all over, the, a, a nose that's been squashed yeah, all over his face. So far, and he just, so I just think both them, him and James Ryan, are you know great players, but with the face of small children. Anyway, I mean, we should Johnny move Wilkinson, on. He 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 had a he had a he had an unmarked face for quite a few years, and then by the time he retired, he just he looked like he'd been playing rugby. Yeah, but he was playing at fly half. And it's like he wants to have his... He's always jumping up and down and shouting and annoying people, Marrow. And it's mm. almost like he wants people to punch him in the face to get to get to knock that little, you know, little child look off his face. Do you think he face. does that I to th- annoy people? I think he just genuinely loves the fact that when, when they win turnovers and, you know, he goes mad. Brilliant. Uh, do, you, do you know what? I was looking at comments, looking for things to talk about in terms of uh, comments on Twitter and under articles. I can't bear people getting moany about him being enthusiastic. It's exact it's for him that that battle. Of course, they celebrate. It's like it's like getting a first down in NFL, isn't it? It's I that. Know, yeah, I don't know how he next... keeps. I don't know how he keeps it up for eighty minutes. I mean, his enthusiasm is the same at the beginning as it is at the end, and and after about seventy-five minutes, if I was on his tire, you know, if I was on his side, I'd be like. Marrow, I mean, thank you, mate. But but we're we, you know it's going all right. We don't need we don't need to keep we don't need to keep doing this now. I think you'd get a little bit fed up with it, wouldn't it? And he's still going yes. Oh, I think it's brilliant for the game. I don't think he's like it in life because whenever he's interviewed, well, he's very, it'd be annoying <laughs> if he was like that. You know, if he was one of those people that's going, it's Christmas in only yes. a, a month. Yes. Oh, shut up, Marrow. Um, I don't think he does it about everything. 
You know, no. it doesn't go, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I, I think he's just, I think he's brilliant because he keeps that energy up and keeps the energy going. So I think uh, Mario can do no wrong. If this, I mean, he, how does he not get tired? I mean, that is, it, it, he is an absolute beast. He's got such an energy. Because, well, he's a, he's a professional sportsman in his mid-twenties. <laughs> That's my, <laughs> he just a lot I played better. rugby in my mid-twenties and I couldn't keep that up all the way through the game. Like Here's a contentious tackle, like like I did, and then getting up. And, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We should quickly cover other games, by the way. Oh yeah, did you- which other games? Oh, Scotland, Scotland, France. Well, could, could we quickly skip over Wales, Georgia, because yes, skip over I fell asleep during this game for the first time ever in a rugby match. <laughs> I'm a bit rubbish with alcohol, as in I can't take that much. And I'd had three cans watching England Ireland, and then Wales Georgia was just who cares about this game? Wales made 13 changes in the game before they put out a young side. The, Georgia just had nothing. They 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 don't even have that greater scrum because Wales's scrum is taking them apart. Um, yeah. So I'm not. Basically, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, I was just disappointed all round. I didn't seem to, doesn't seem, it's, I, I hate being horrible because Georgia are only there because Japan were meant to be playing in this competition and they didn't come because of COVID. And Georgia yeah. are the last minute replacements, I think, aren't they? So that's what, but, I didn't, but the thing I didn't is, Wales. Watch it. Didn't even watch it. Yeah. Didn't even, didn't The weather was rubbish. Oh, I'll tell you what made you feel old, though. James Botham made I his. Mean, <laughs> made his his debut for Wales on the flank and played really well. Uh, obviously, Ian Botham's grandson, his grandson. I remember when Liam. I remember when Liam Botham played. But what is the thing that makes you feel oldest? Do you have something that makes you like the fact that Ian Botham, who we watched as kids playing cricket, and we're now watching yeah. his grandson play for Wales? Is there anything like that? I, I think I think the thing that really makes me feel old is when I hear some of the birth dates of these players yeah. like you know some of them are getting into the 2000s now exactly and, you know, that just makes you go oh my god that is uh, yeah. 1998 you know that's uh, i remember in 1998 i was in a student house and i was talking to rob fiddler but i you remember bill mclaren the commentator yeah, Brilliant, yeah. bill mclaren and he used to have these fantastic phases like um, that's 20 stones on the hoof, you know, when they used to kick. Yeah, yeah. And I always wanted there to be a game where uh, Bill McLaren and where, where Rob Fiddler kicked the ball and Bill McLaren could say, that's 20, fi- 20 stones of Fiddler on the hoof. Uh, oh, sorry. very good. And I've been thinking, I have been thinking about that since I met him, since 1998. This is the first time that I've ever been able to air it publicly. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. Now, Scotland, France. Um, did you see Scotland, France? I sort of had half an eye on Scotland, France while I was feeding the baby and looking after the five-year-old. So I had it on, had it in the corner <laughs> of the room. Um, and but France, France looked good though. France looked good. They looked totally. Dom- it was a similar thing to the England Ireland game. I mean, no, none of the games were great this weekend. And it's because you felt like one side could cut loose and didn't. England could have cut yeah. loose and didn't against. Yeah. And I felt France could have cut loose against Scotland. Maybe and that's just, a good thing. Got- Maybe that's a good thing. Is there a satisfaction? Is there a satisfaction in seeing a side absolutely cut into another side? Because I, because I, I, I think it's like gorging in a sweet shop, where you know at the time you're going, oh, this is great, but actually it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a great game when that happens. Yeah, you know, when it's when it when one side really really, I mean, unless it's Italy where it's sort of expected, 
it's when one side takes apart another side. It's not. I'd rather see a sort of you know a good old battle up front, and and it could go could go either way. I think it is great. Do you remember the build up to the twenty two thousand and three World Cup, and England used to destroy people up front and then run away with it with about twenty thirty minutes to go. They used to clock what up New massive Zealand scores do. against Wales and yeah. Ireland and all the rest. And I loved that. Destroy them and then we'd throw it about and then we'd break. You know. Yeah. But I if think, it's our, if it's us, then yes, I agree. Yeah, exactly. But also. I think in the, I've got a theory that we got so spooked and I thought Eddie Jones should have resigned after this game. After the England-Scotland 29, where we were 31-0 ahead or whatever and it came back to 38 oh, yeah, all. That was terrible. And that was England keeping on throwing it about and trying to play massive, expansive stuff and just being picked off by the Scots. And yeah. I think that scared England so much because they just couldn't change their game plan. They didn't seem to stop and uh, tighten it up and just shut the game down. And I think yeah, that's, that's all part of the game. That's all, you, I think you have to have those. You have to have those moments. It's like Saracens losing in finals. You know, you have to. And, and England losing in the World Cup final is is ultimately, I think, would be a good thing for them. Because the team's not going to change that much, and they're going to have that experience of going into the next, you know, world uh, World Cup. No, and, and I think you have to go through those experiences, like that Scotland thing. That will never be repeated because everybody will go. You remember what happened to Scotland? We got to you yeah, know, yeah. stay mentally switched on for eighty minutes, not forty minutes, because it, it, you just can't you can't win these big things without going through these really difficult learning curves. Oh, can we have a little celebration of, I so love, sorry, we're going back to now um, Scotland, France. I love the names of the, in this French team. It's one of my, I think yeah. for some reason, French players have some of the greatest names. I love Jalibert, who was replacing Entamac. Um, I just love your name. Vaca, but also, Vacatoa, Vacatoa. Vacatoa, great. But also the comedy Thomas names. Ramos. Yeah, Thomas Ramos. Yeah. But but um, Rattes, do you see Rattes? He looks like a rat. Vincent Rattes <laughs> does. You look at his face. He's got a very long, thin face, yeah. big nose. Anyway, uh, Jean-Baptiste Gross in the front row, Camille Chacat, yeah. Dylan Cretin. Cretin It's a great yeah. in the back row. Um, yeah. I just think we need more celebration of how fantastic these French names are. I just I just think of course, I've always remembered this. Of course, uh, Teddy, Teddy Thomas, which, which sounds like yes. a very, very, very English name. Teddy, Teddy that's, Thomas on the wall. That's exactly yeah. what I always think every time. Oh, I say. Oh, yeah. I say. Is that the ball? Teddy Thomas. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like I, so I'll I just like dance around score this again. player in front of me and then just stick it in the corner. Teddy <laughs> <Thomas>. <laughs> As I'm very uh, French. But I've, I used to always find, do you remember French players of your youth? Who was that blonde? Who was that blonde, blonde bombshell? Jean Pierre Reeve. Yeah, the captain and Jean Pierre Reeve. And Cela. Cambra Bero, Dantron. Cambra Bero, good God. Cambra Bero. Um, and just, Castignier, Thomas Castignier. And, yeah, um, Castignier. They just, what is it about French that's just a great name for great rugby yeah. players' names? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would like to talk about your, um, what's the word, um, your dislike of defense coaches. Because I, oh, I right. think like, yes. they talked about the French side. Sean Edwards has gone there and he has transformed the French defense. And now, oh, now it's not like, it's not, they're not tackling any, but they're just, their attitude is just hungry, hungry defense. Hit the, hit the man back in the line. Hit, and, and France have never been like that. And they are, they, he really has done a great job on that. So you'd think, why on earth would Wales let him go? And now I know that you don't think you need a defense coach, do you? Look, I'm just saying something that I think secretly loads of rugby fans think. Secret. Which is that if you just... Why would, uh, why would they not bring this out in the open? It's a real like conspiracy, isn't it, this? Because a lot of people are making a lot of money as defence coaches and the job is easy. I actually heard a bit of commentary that really cheered me up about this. I don't, didn't get the direct quote. I was watching the game and I went, I'm going to write that down because this is the point I need to take to Dan to say <laughs> oh I'm absolutely right. God. David Flatman said... Defence, in a way, is maybe more psychological. The best, the best defensive system is simple. Get up and hit them. He was just saying, yeah. that's the great thing. I don't, all you have to do to be a defensive coach is go, is, well, say to the coach, defence coach, go, we need lots of big boys who are really fit, who tackle mm-hmm. hard and get up really quickly and tackle again and get up and tackle again. And then say to all the boys, move forward in a line together at speed if we're going for quick attack, or maybe, maybe the fullback stays back for the chip over the top or whatever. Um, I don't know what there else there is. You, you surely should cover it in half an hour trying, in one training can you session. Imagine trying to instill that with that sort of attitude uh, into an international side. Okay, guys, all we need is really big lads just stood in a line there, hit them, and then just get up and hit them again. Oh, you sound like the a only way teacher. of proving this. The it's only like, way you need a violent man. Sean Edwards is a violent man, and he and he said he says I remember he saying to the, uh, the Welsh side he says there's no excuse for you not to be in my defensive line even if you've got a broken leg. You need to be back in the defensive line as soon as you made a tackle. He said I don't yeah, care. In terms I don't care what's actual... wrong with you. Exactly. So, but that's all you, you have need to, to kill say. An I instinct. Could... Exactly. So that's all you have to do is get those well get those sort of players, fill your team with those yeah, players. You, like need, you, got, need, like, you need to have the killer instinct yourself to be able to instill it into if you're saying if you're if you if it was you as the defensive coach and you're going, What I need you lot to have the killer instinct. Okay, is that all right? They're not they're gonna why would they why would they say, Yeah, that's fine, yeah, yeah. Well you, first you of all, to, you're assuming I I have a lot of unpleasantness beneath. I I have a, I, almost like a because I'm softly spoken. It's also more. It's almost more threatening. It's like soft spoken. I went. If you don't pull your weight, you're gonna 
be really, you know, I'm going to visit you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sam Underhill, or do you know what I mean? Or something right. like that. That's actually that's that's come out the wrong way, hasn't it? I but, I mean, sadly, but, I don't. I don't think you would be any threat to Sam Underhill whatsoever. Whereas I think Sean Edwards would be a genuine threat. What would you do if you spotted someone not making a tackle? What would be your? Would I'd be write your... a very strongly worded letter. <laughs> you have three. You, this is your first warning. Two more this warnings, and I'm going to drop you to the bench. You are. Yes, you are not pulling your weight. No, but I, I honestly, I mean, maybe people can write in, coaches write in, people write in. I think it's important because the th- even you haven't explained what it is that the, the defence coach brings. It, because, because that's what, that's that's what it's, 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 no, but that's that's the thing about defence. It is, like Flatman said, it's it's psychological, it's attitude, it's all attitude. It's not. It doesn't always work, does it? I mean, Andy Farrell at Ireland. You know, you'd have to say at the moment it's not working. Jury's out. Jury's out. I th- see. I think both sides. I think. I think. I think Wales with Warren. I think Wales is a horrible job to get because I. I think Warren Gatland worked miracles with a limited squad, with a squad that wasn't that brilliant. He just got absolutely the best out of players that aren't that amazing. The Welsh club sides never seem to do very well in Europe. Or but they, inst- they, inst- they instilled an attitude into into Wales. Him and Sean yeah. Edwards, and that's like that steely, like we will not lose. And that's that's exactly. really priceless at international level. You know who Andy Farrell needs? Who? He needs me as defence coach. He needs he needs Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> oh, Stuart. See, that's sorry. That? If we're moving on to Stuart Lancaster, I miss Stuart Lancaster being England coach, and I know everybody thinks it's <laughs> a disaster. It was a nice, peaceful time, wasn't it, when Stuart Lancaster was <laughs> England coach? It was lovely and flowery, and uh, he's like a homeopathic coach, wasn't he? You know, yeah, really, but that's letters, what coaches should... letters from the past and you know all that stuff. I don't know. It's what it's, England it... coaches should be. They should be lovely, nice because we got we. You come to the England job, the team are so naturally hated by every but single we didn't club. Win. We didn't win. Well, we did. We just happened to mess up. We got we got a horrible group in the World Cup to have well, we Wales and Australia in your group. We should have beaten yeah. Wales. Yeah, but there was some, there was a like, rubbish last like, ten minutes. Yeah, but that's like that's that's exactly what you pay. That that's why you remember know Martin Johnson saying about Danny Cipriani why he should not play international rugby because he's that exactly those moments like the last ten minutes and you're down. You got to make really good decisions. You don't want a fly half that's chucking it right across the pitch. You want somebody that's absolutely fronting up in your face and can make those horrible decisions and make them right and do things well under pressure. And that's that's what you want from your coaches as well. And so he failed in that regard he's a brilliant attack coach by all accounts brilliant yeah i i think he got really really unlucky i think it's a lot of that is yeah maybe it's who he chose as captain chris robshaw not going for the draw not going for the three points against wales i think they would have still gone through if they'd got a draw and stuff i've mm. but it was it was so when you were getting these things going england are arrogant england are a horrible team all the rest you could point to the coach and go no that's a really nice group of lads really nice coach and now we have eddie jones talking about scummy irish talking about what's he say <laughs> yeah. about wales yeah but we won I mean, like a grand slam two two championships world cup final it's smashed New Zealand, smashed Australia. You know, but we've got we, the Jose Mourinho of rugby in charge of our team. We've got the like Jose, Jose Mourinho. Mourinho. 
I like Jose Mourinho. Oh, that's I, just see. I I think sport is about being noble. Sport is about honor. Well, sport. I, 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 I'm old-fashioned about it. What's the point of it. being noble and losing? What's the point? Could we have a? What? Could we have some sort of poll on this? On because I mean, I I don't want to make it personal because I'm scared of Eddie Jones and I really, you know, as I said when I met him, <laughs> I was completely hello. It's a real honor to meet you, and it is an honor to meet him. But I don't think he's very good for rugby. That he does. He he does deliberately stir things up. And I think it was silly to bring up the United Nations thing about Ireland when lots of teams have that. England have had it a bit in the past, not as much as Ireland do at the moment, but it was just a it's just a bit of a dig. And digging out opposition players like Andrew Porter, the the prop. Yeah, I think he will he I think he knows he's an entertainer as well, you know. I've never trusted Eddie Jones since we won the World Cup and in the interview afterwards. So he's lost the World Cup. All he has to do is be nice and gracious about yeah. Australia losing the World Cup to England. And he said, uh, must be so inspirational, all those little boys now going out in their backyard and kicking goals, kicking at goals. Like Johnny Wilson, he was making the point that England just won on kicks. He was making a little <laughs> sly point about how uninspiring it is. Oh, the reason England kicked so much is because so many people infringed against them so much because they were running up cricket scores against any other side. And because I hold yeah. a grudge for a long time, I've always had a grudge against him, which is wrong, I know. And I really... God, I hope Eddie Jones doesn't listen to podcasts because I do say he this listens, really I know hoping. he listens to this. I know he will listen. I just hope he'd never go, oh, something... Because I'm not slagging him. I genuinely do... I do have respect for him. I just want him to rein in. You've called him unfunny. Of- You've called him unfunny. And you've called him bad for the game. Now, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what definition you think of not being nice to someone is. But if I disappear, you, know, you are targeting be the, one the two areas that he thinks he's pretty good at. So, exactly. I, so just saying. We've had our first messages online. Three people have shown enthusiasm for the podcast. It's not just uh, JB, Grant Osborne and Calvin Coughlin. Shout, shout out to you. Shout out. But, um, can I just say lovely comments here? Uh, just listen to the first podcast. Great banter and lighthearted. As a Saracens fan, can I have an invite to the wedding if you manage to swing it with Maro Itoje? Crutz. Can't wait for the next one. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, other th- just some comments. I've just, I just, I'm drawn to negativity online, mm-hmm. and I just love it. How can someone? So this is here we go. This is from the Irish Times. The, this is what I have about thinking Irish fans have just got a bit nastier, and only some of them. But he said, "Great try." This is about um, Johnny May. Great try. But does anyone think that May has lost a yard of pace from his early days? That try versus New Zealand, where he jogged around Conrad Smith and opened the taps to do Israel Dag <laughs> on the outside in the five meter channel was just electric. He's certainly a better player now. It's just when he broke from Farrell and Aki, I'm sure the old May would have still scored that and kept the ball in hand. You're an Bloody idiot, hell. Tom O'Chop. He that kicks is, the ball infield and still unfair. beat two covering players going back. His pace has not gone at all. Linford Christie was at his best in his early 30s, so shut up. Can you imagine um, what, what that would have been like if there'd have been a crowd in there? What a shame for him that there oh, wasn't anybody in unbelievable. there. Oh, here's another one from the Irish Times. They were so chippy, this lot. OK, I'm going to play devil's advocate. For me, excellence in rugby is about ball handling skills. So there shouldn't be so much praise for a try scored by kicking the ball twice. Considering the shape of a rugby ball, a lot of luck was involved. Oh, I mean, how can you not enjoy that? Tr- anyway. Um, I know. And also, the, the, it was the work done before he scored the try. That was the good stuff. You know, taking the ball off of them inside the only t- the 22 and opting not to kick, but to pass it down the line and get it to, get it to your fastest man and see what he could do. And exactly. he showed them what he could do. 
this is a really good point. Somebody just went, those English forwards' horrific haircuts should have been penalised pre-game with a 10-point start to us. Brilliant. Uh, it's just, it's just, it just, there was just a lot of fury. But also, I do like this one that said, really, does anyone give a flying fuck about the final outcome of this tournament? It's a few random internationals that provided distraction during a massive global health crisis. And yes, I'm a miserable, humorless twat before anyone points it out. So well, I just, I true. like that. Just the basic rule. But that's probably, I imagine that's a Wales fan. Wales fan. A Welsh yeah, or an exactly. Irish fan. Or, or Somebody or who's doing Italian incredibly fan. badly. In Italian. We haven't even started a play yet. Ladies and gentlemen of the Rugby Jugly podcast, this is our first ever guest on our podcast. Am I the first? I was, yes, you're the first. It's only the second podcast we did. First one was awful because it was oh. just me and Dan all the way through and it was re- he, we annoy each other. And we've Rowing. got you. I'm feeling a lot of pressure being the first. How I'm going to let you do this because it's... Do you mind if I just let you... Uh, interview Jared. Okay, no, that no, no, that's fine. Do you know, if I'm you need sorry. to go, Dad. Jared, I've got a nine-week-old baby, and they're yes. knocking around in the house, and I have to go and oh, deal with that. So, that. <laughs> thank you, mate. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to leave you in the house, capable hands, and um, thank you all, everybody. And uh, this is Dan Skinner from Rugby Jubbly signing off. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Goodbye, Dan. See you next week. Bye, I think Dan. Was... So, Jared. Um, yes. Are you? Don't feel any pressure here because you're talking to a person that had to retire at at 16 and basically wasn't playing much from about 15 onwards. What were you like as a player? Were you actually, you know, were you were you quite good or were you quite rubbish? Um, I firmly believe that if I had really, really knuckled down Mm. and busted a gut and worked my ass off at it, I could have could have been semi pro. I could just, you know, I enjoyed it, but I really didn't like getting hurt. Right. And, and it started happening more and more often, you know, because guys were getting a lot bigger and I felt as though I wasn't. I was getting fatter, yeah. but I wasn't growing in height. I wasn't growing in muscle. And, you know, I was playing against – when I was when did I stop playing? When I was – when I got to high school, to secondary school. Uh, 13, I stopped playing. Oh, because right. I, was, I was playing against guys who were bigger than my dad. I remember my last game, genuinely. I, I did a stand-up routine about it. Mm. But um, because in hindsight, it was really funny. But I, it was what I did was out of pure fear and exasperation. Um, I, it was a really – it had been raining the day before, so the, the field was really muddy and there were puddles. And um, – just splashing through it and I felt horrible. And then they passed, someone passed me the ball. And my first thought was, why have you given it to me? (laughs) And, and it used to be, give it to me, give it to me. And then suddenly it was, why have you given it to me? And then I saw this guy just bearing down on me, huge Pacific Island guy. And so I just kicked the ball straight out. And then I walked off the field after the ball. Oh, my God, it's like a movie moment. That's a dramatic. (laughs) And the coach said to me as I walked off, he said, what the hell are you doing, Christmas? And I said, (laughs) I'm done. I'm I'm done. 
Oh, I just think, I I, but you know, weirdly, I that's so impressive. That's so impressive as a way because I just sort of went. Actually, I had a fairly impressive one. Mine's more of a horror film. The last time I played rugby, I was saying this last week. My kneecap ended up around the side of my leg, and yeah, I'd, do it. I, I have a kneecap problem anyway. Um, that, but so, but and it's a really good. I mean, I obviously you said, think that you could only have been semi pro. I do think if it wasn't for my knees, I would have been probably playing for the Lions. Um, <laughs> Easily, mate. Easily. Easy. And I think you need softer men like me. You need people that aren't so, you know, I, everybody's so sort of toes the line. I think I'd have been more interesting yeah. and I would have been and honest. You, I would you just, know what I would the have... saying is? You know what the saying is when it comes to scrums? You, you need a bit of cushion when you're doing the pushing, <laughs> right? And that's what you would have been. You, you would have you been that I... night. It would have been like doing a scrum against a beanbag. Oh, that's really nasty. <laughs> See, I think... I, I in a positive way. No, but they I wasn't even as a player because I had the dodgy knees. I wouldn't. I wasn't in the scrum. You see, I was a scrum no. half. I was quite. I was quite slim. Well, I was and a, zippy. Well, I was fast? fairly zippy. Yeah, I was nice. And I, it was weird that you're talking about puddles. I, I used to love wet games because I was a bit pathetic in terms of I used to like it was softer to fall on, wasn't it? Well, I liked yeah, the yeah, mud. Yeah. It's so much nice. I was yeah. worried about hard ground, but um, <clears> I, I kept playing touch rugby. Oh, that's so camp. I just, um, you, honestly, you've definitely got the job. I think you've got to take over from Dan. This is, you play touch rugby because then you don't get hurt. Really, touch rugby is huge in New Zealand. Huge. Okay. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, huge. And I played touch rugby God, for, for about seven or eight years until I moved over to the UK. There is this mystique about New Zealand. And I know, I mean, did you feel the pain that, the whole world celebrated when you lost to Argentina because, it, but it's out of respect. I mean, everybody celebrates when England lose yeah. just because everybody hates England for so, I mean, I'm so chippy about this. I hate the fact that everybody loves us losing. And I go, but we were never that good. Why are you celebrating? Well, it's because you did this a hundred years ago and all the rest. And the rest. Yeah, At yeah. least with New Zealand, no one's got any problems with your country no. because you never do anything of any importance internationally. <laughs> but, ah, thank you, mate. But in terms um, of sports, in terms of sports, it's because of the respect. Did it hurt so much when the world celebrated Argentina beating you? I, I don't think it did, actually. And talking with with uh, loads of my mates back home and, and stuff, and from how I personally felt was that, you know, the All Blacks did not play well. They gave away a lot of penalties. They were sloppy, man, really mm. sloppy. Um, but they weren't, they weren't rubbish. They were just sloppy. But the Pumas pay, played out of their skins, man. They played yeah. incredible. One um, knock-on. One knock-on that they made in the whole game. Do you know that? They were, they were just really on form. And mm. um, I think I like to think, as a New Zealander, when the All Blacks lose, if it's a, if it's a really good game against a good team, uh, there's just a full respect there. And I really feel like New Zealand is a bit like fair play, Argentina. Absolutely fair play. I love that thing of the countries that are so passionate about rugby, like New Zealand. And even though I love watching them lose, I kind of feel the world is right when New Zealand are dominant. I really do. I mean, I'm like that. I'm very old fashioned. I want, I like Brazil winning World Cups because I yeah. like Brazil being the best team in the world. I like New Zealand being the best rugby team in the world. It's, it is the team you don't mind losing to because you just know that they kind of, it's, it's so much part of your culture. In a very condescending way, I know that it hurts you more to lose. <laughs> so it's kind of, I mean, I, 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 if you look back though through uh, the All Blacks' recent history, I suppose, when they lose, um, it tends to be when they pull their shit together. 
Do you know what I mean? Like they they go through a period of, of building oh, right. themselves up and then when because uh, maybe that's what they're doing. They're in that building phase to towards the World Cup. I remember just before I went to New Zealand saying to you about doing jokes about the hucker. The hucker bothers me. It does right. bother me. Okay. And I can see you're bristling now. I thought, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'm getting I'd ready for a fight, up. mate. I'm getting ready to defend the entire nation of New Zealand and our history. I know it's, a, but I know it's a cultural thing, <laughs> and I sort of think it's almost because it's become so theatrical. It's become so over the top, sticking tongues out and all the rest. And all well, that's which, a traditional thing. The haka, because of its theatricality, now means it's being done properly and uh, respectfully, whereas. Years ago, I'm surprised it stuck around from mm. what it originally was. It was an absolute shit show. It's very hard. When you look at it, it's grown men pretending to be warriors. That isn't it. It is grown men pretending to be a, it's I, a traditional I think thing. this is your... your and, um, uh, oh, my colonialist... Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. No. Um, <laughs> I, it's, um, it's a confrontational thing. It's a challenge. challenge. Other Pacific Island countries do it. Fiji's got one. Samoa's yeah. got one. Tonga's got one. I think it's Europeans doing it. I think it's me going. But your your ancestry is from Scotland, or your ancestry, is, and you're right. pretending you're a Maori warrior. I don't know whether it makes me. It makes yeah, me but that's go- why that's why you never have uh, it, whoever leads the haka is a Maori player. Oh, is that true? Okay, yeah. I'm, whoever, do, that's do you know why, what? I, I have you ever thought why is education. the captain not why is the captain not leading the haka? Oh. You know why is it Periwipu or or whoever? It's because uh, only a Maori player can lead the haka. Do you know what I think? You've sort because of, I I went in very tentatively to row about the haka and I've kind of folded completely. <laughs> but that's the power of the haka, right? Yeah, that is because I do think. I think I think it's because I have issues about masculinity as well, and it's such an expression. You know what? I of think a bit of that could be there, mate. It's think, sort of, it that... is. It's an expression of mass, yeah. raw masculinity, yeah. and it troubles me because I can't do that. So what I'll do is I'll learn a hacker and then do it to you and show you how tough I can be, and that will be my. Thing. Uh, you know, if it comes from a place of truth, then I'll be really impressed by it. Exactly. Um... <laughs> as we've got to go, I guys finish on one thing. I don't think you do enough jokes about being called Jared Christmas. I do plenty of jokes about it because. Um... My dad's my dad's name genuinely is Chris Christmas. Chris Christmas, that's fantastic. And, uh, my auntie who married into the family is Carol Christmas, so wow. backwards is Christmas Carol. My oh. mum's the best one though. Check this out. My mum's auntie is called Christine. Everybody calls her Chris. She remarried a guy called Bob Smith, so she's now Chris Smith, which is Christmas with a lisp. Oh yeah. I mean, look, Jared. Thank you so much for being our no, first thank fantastic you, guest. Thanks for having me. Anything you, anything, you got a bit? Where can we see you uh, at the moment? Um, Just in your well, house nowhere. online? Yeah, exactly. Nowhere. Um, I've got a special on uh, Vimeo called Jared Christmas Live from a Village Pub. Brilliant. It's available I'm, on Vimeo. Fabulous. Well, let's end it. I'm a big fan. You're a big fan of me. Well, I'm a big fan of you and your oh, country. Thanks, and I am a big fan of the Hucker. And I'm sorry that I was sort of broached it being slightly <laughs> offensive. And now I'm worried. that. Right. Anyway, Jared, take care. Thank you so much. Uh, Cheers, mate. I will see Bye. you soon. Cheers. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening once again. If you want to get in touch, you can agree, disagree, get angry with us. We don't care. You can email us on rugbyjubbly at dltentertainment.com. We'd love it if you could leave us a voice note and we'll play that out on the show. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter is at jubblyrugby and on Instagram it's at rugbyjubblypodcast. All details uh, are in the episode description. 
Thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you again next week. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.